Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. We are New York, talking about what matters to you on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, it's Rich Valdez. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, New York, what's going on? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. I am your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, right here in New York City. And I encourage you to pull up a chair and join us for this program. Our telephone number, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. And if you're shy, give us a follow on social media. On social media, I'm at Rich Valdez with an S on Parlor, on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. So check us out on there. Plus, there's an update on the Rick Moranis attack, and you're going to hear more about that from Lydia Serrani at 6 p.m. on her show, The Rundown with Lydia, which is right after this program. But first, some thoughts on hatred. I don't hate Democrats. This is something I put on social media earlier. Man, did I get such a response from that. I do not hate Democrats or Republicans that disagree with me, but I do hate progressive Marxist politics that poison the patriotism of the body politic, we the people. Now, of course, saying that came with a little bit of a critique from my friends in social media world. There's a couple of wise guys out there. And the issue that I think they take with this is that we're supposed to, there's a new brand of politics, right? And I think with this new brand of politics, we're supposed to hate the other side. We're supposed to dislike them. And I don't believe in that. I don't think that I'm supposed to hate you just because. Call me crazy. I disagree with people's politics. That's fine. And we can do that. But I don't think it's necessary for us to hate the people. Now, I'm not trying to get all super spiritual just because it's Sunday. The the reality is, hate the sin, not the sinner. So many people have been misguided by these progressive political tactics. Medicare for all. Bolshevik Bernie. Healthcare is a right. You hear that stuff and you think, man, how do you argue with that? Of course, you argue with that quite logically, right? And you ask yourself, what has any communist ever done for us? What has AOC actually ever done? You know what's interesting? AOC just won re-election. And I'm talking about AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, our favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, all out crazy herself, wins re-election. And do you guys know how many pieces of legislation she got signed in her first term? That's right. I've talked about it before. Zero. Nada. Zero. 
Now, you're probably thinking, well, that's unfair, Rich. There's probably a lot of people in from the New York delegation, at least from the Democrats, that didn't get any uh, any bills sponsored. No, just one other loser who probably also got reelected. But that's it. Everybody else, not so much. Now, this is frustrating, I think, for me, but it should be frustrating for everybody. And I don't want to talk about IOC. There's so many things that we're going to get into, but I wanted to lay the groundwork about hatred because it seems that Americans get together and they say, I'm going down to Washington, D.C. I'm going to support the president of the United States. I'm going to support America because that's truly what they're doing. Some people are Trump fanatics. I love Trump. But guess what? I don't love Trump because I love Trump, although I do. I've loved him since The Apprentice, all that. I'm a fan. I love Trump for what he does and signifies and battles for for America. It's because I love America, not because I love Trump. That's just secondary. And that's the point. We've lost that love of country. We've lost that zeal to stand up for what is right. Lady Liberty's become just another thing that we look at in the harbor. And we can't stay there. Yesterday we saw so many peaceful protesters protesting the illegitimate, at least at this point I'll say illegitimate, or at least contested, disputed election of former Vice President Joe Biden. And of course, they say million MAGA march, and the media says, oh, there was 100 people. Then you see pictures, and it's literally people as far as the eye can see. So I don't know if that's 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, 100,000. I don't know. I do know that it was a whole lot of people. That part I know. I do know that there's a whole lot going on. People keep saying, oh, there's no evidence. We don't have this and we don't have that. Yet we have Mayor Rudy Giuliani, who was on Fox this morning and interestingly had a lot to say about how he's going to prove this, that Dominion is corrupt. So I want you to guys hear Rudy 3, which is Mayor Giuliani, our colleague here at Talk Radio 77 WABC, talking with Maria Bartiromo on Fox News this morning. Check this out. One source says that the key point to understand is that the Smartmatic system has a back door that allows it to be, that allows the votes to be mirrored and monitored, allowing an intervening party a real-time understanding of how many votes will be needed to gain an electoral advantage. Are you saying the states that use that software did that? Well, I know, I can prove that they did it in Michigan. I can prove it with witnesses. Uh, we're an investigating the rest. In every one of those states, though, we have more than enough illegal ballots already documented to overturn the result in that state. Because um, not only did they use a Venezuelan company to count our ballots, which o- almost should be illegal per se. Uh, number two, they didn't allow Republicans in key places to observe the, the mail vote. That may- So there you have Mayor Giuliani very clearly for the record, saying that there are affidavits and he's got witnesses. Now, listen, I've seen it from lawyers that are on my Twitter feed. And if you want to check us out on Twitter, it's at Rich Valdez with an S. Making a very solid case just on the fact that, yes, it is acceptable as evidence. Cases are won and lost on sworn witness statements, affidavits of eyewitness testimony. And I'm talking about murder trials. So a civil litigation issue like this, or a federal case, that's got to be acceptable. It should not be in question ever. But yet that's the case. 
That seems to be the case where everybody wants to say, oh, no, but there's no evidence. There's none of this. And I think it would be reckless and irresponsible to say that eyewitness testimony, sworn affidavits are not credible evidence. We're not trying to prove murder here. And like I said, those are acceptable in a murder trial. So, you know, this is to me just one more situation where those on the left or the left within the media going out on a limb to try and disprove Mayor Giuliani. And we're going to get into a lot of that. I want to have another clip that I want to play of uh, AOC. I have another clip I want to play of Sidney Powell, who's um, spearheading this stuff with the Dominion software. And I talked a little bit about mail-in ballot fraud and kind of teased at this Dominion stuff on my podcast this week. And if you haven't heard it, please check it out. It's on all of the podcast platforms like Apple or whatever you have. The platforms like Stitcher and all of that stuff. But we also have all of that available on WABCRadio.com, WABCRadio.com. So I want you to keep it locked right there because I want to get into that stuff and I don't want to rush it. I want to get into Sidney Powell, AOC, and a little something from somebody who was at the Million Mega March Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. You're listening to 2 Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, New York. Welcome back. Welcome back, New York. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. And our telephone number is 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. And I want to talk to you a little bit about pizza. Yep, that's right. We all look for that special place that has the best pizza, especially here in New York. There's always a rivalry over who's got the best pizza. And who doesn't love a good slice of pizza? I want to tell you who my pick is for the best. And it's my friends over at Bravo Pizza, 107 West 37th Street. Their pizza is absolutely incredible. And honestly, I love the kosher slice. It's just terrific. It's authentic, old-fashioned, traditional-style pizza. Hot and delicious, and they'll deliver it right to your door. If you like a good grandma slice, there's no better place. I actually just had one right here at the radio station this week, and we were all fighting over the last slice. So for all you foodies out there like me... This is your spot. This is your best hidden gem in New York City for pizza. Bravo Pizza by far has the best slice of pizza that I've ever had. And they will deliver all over the city. They've got locations in Queens and Manhattan. Listen, you won't believe this, but the kosher slice is my favorite. And it's delicious. So you got to try it. Try the pizza from the amazing team over at Bravo Pizza, 107 West 37th Street. Call them at 212-268-4499 or go to bravokosherpizza.com. That's bravokosherpizza.com. Once you try it, trust me, I think you're going to agree with me. It's truly the best. And I'm not just saying that. I really do like this pizza. Now, we were talking about AOC before we went to break, and we talked about Sidney Powell. We talked about Rudy Giuliani, and we're going to get to all of that. Plus, somebody's going to call in that was live on the ground at the Million MAGA March. But I want to get to a couple of your calls before we move forward with that. So here's the number, 800-848-WABC. I want to know what your beef is and what your thoughts are on all of this. Let's go to James in New Providence. James, what's up? You're on with Rich Valdez. Yes, how are you? Wonderful, thank you. Well, 
people actually feel this. It's not being said. But the election was a communist election. Eighty percent of the media, including Twitter and whatever, hid from the people the fact that Joe Biden took $40 million in bribes. That's a rigged election, never mind all the fraudulent votes and everything. And I think in the future it doesn't vote any better because the inner cities are out of control, and I think they're just going to continue massive cheating. If I was Donald Trump, I would say what I just said and stay in the White House. 98% of his supporters would back him up. And another last point I just want to make, many of the police that I'm talking to, as high up as lieutenant, are talking about secession from the union. They're fed up. This is never going to work. There's too much hateful divide between both people. All right. Thank you, Jason. Well, I can tell you that we went through this once before, and I got to say it was way worse then than it is now. The only thing that we have now is that it's exacerbated by social media. But I'm, I'm not sold on that idea at all. At all. Listen, there's always a fringe in any political movement. And it would be easier to convince me if perhaps I wasn't uh, an observer of politics for the last two decades. You know, I mean, what thrust me into politics was a pansy named Al Gore that refused to concede. It was that disgrace on American politics where I said, man, you know what? This this guy can't be president. He's got no, as Curtis Lee would say, cocktail onions. He doesn't have them. So I think, no, no, no. I don't think that we're in a place where people are going to secede anything. They've tried that before and they've failed. I mean, good luck. Maybe I'll eat my words in a, in a month or two or three or two years, but I don't think so. I don't think that's going to be the issue. Everybody thinks it's going to be so difficult for us to come together, but I got to tell you, I do it every day. I'm, I'm a rather conservative guy, and I come through New York City every single day. I ride the trains. I live in another blue state, New York, uh, New Jersey. And somehow I coexist with Democrats and I've done it my entire life. So for somebody to say now that the fringe has become a little bit more emboldened, right? You have the AOC crowd, the Bernie Sanders crowd, these uh, leftist progressive types that have – I'm not going to say they've taken over because they haven't. I mean Joe Biden is the guy that got the nomination, not Bernie Sanders. If it was Bernie Sanders, I think we'd be in a very different situation, but it wasn't. So all that being said – I'm not sold. I'm just not sold because you get a couple of idiots that show up in Washington, D.C. and start knocking people out. I go home to a Democrat bastion. I stand here in this New York City, a Democrat bastion. Find me a Republican. It's hard. And yet we are. We're OK. We are OK. We went through eight years of Obama. So uh, and I was there for that. And I was there, you know, when we had a Democrat in the state house in New Jersey, we've always had Democrats since Pataki in the state house uh, in New York. So I'm, I'm just really I'm not sold on that. And everybody's arguments the same one. Yeah, but these aren't the JFK Democrats. They weren't the JFK Democrats then either. JFK has been gone for a long time. But let's go to Jason and Babylon. Let me hear your thoughts. What's up? Hey, Rich, love the show. Thank um, you, sir. you know, I, I like to think of myself as, as a unifier as well and, and definitely work with both sides in a lot of ways. But this call for time to heal out of nowhere, as if we haven't gone through, you know, years of uh, belittling, demonizing abuse. Uh, I mean, the fact that now they get their way, quote unquote, so to speak, and we come back and now it's time to be nice. I mean, that's the epitome of having a relationship 
with an abusive narcissist, right? It's like <laughs> they beat you up, and then when they get <laughs> get what they want, oh, let's let's have a nice dinner. You, you follow what I'm saying? I do, and you know, honestly, I think this is really just. This has always been the case, and we've seen it time and again in every primary. You have a lot of people that move closer to the right if they're Republicans, further to the left if they're Democrats, to get their base because the radicals on either side are always in one of those two areas, right? You have radicals on every side. So they do that for primaries, and then they come back and they say, hey, it's about unity. It's about unifying. We're going to govern together. And for the most part, people do do that. I think what we're seeing now is that just like the AOC crowd has become more emboldened, the I can't wait for a civil war crowd is also emboldened. They've always been yeah, around. Yeah, I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there either. But they have also become more emboldened. And it's interesting, you know, I put I – put, I, and more as a test, honestly, for the air, I put on my parlor, you know, I said something like, you know, fire doesn't put out fire and and, and hate doesn't end hate. And people were the, – the response was so mixed. I literally got a 1,000 new followers in about three-hour time frame. And there was some critique, but for the most part, maybe 30, 40, 50 people that were like, oh, Rich, no, that's too passive, blah, blah, blah. And instead, you know, 900 new people started following me. So my, my thought with that is I don't think that we necessarily need a civil war. This idea that the country is split – and that we can't coexist with the other side. You have radicals that have gained a footing, right? And I wish I had a better knowledge of football to make sports analogies and like getting closer and closer to this yard line or that yard line. But that's really all that's happening. And we just need to push it back to get it back to where it, where the regular Democrat who just likes to defraud people locally through the school board and all of that, they're regular fraud. Right. That, that's where where it is. And we should try to work on eradicating that. But and I'm not saying I condone it. I'm just saying that's part and parcel for so many Democrats in New York, New Jersey, these big cities. And what what I think is happening now is you've got the radicals from the fringe left that just defund the police. Let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of that. that those are the crazies. And, and they're trying to make sense to others. So I don't think they're necessarily in power. I do believe Kamala Harris is one of them, and there is a cause for concern. But I do not believe that we are um, headed toward a civil war. I would think that if we didn't have a military, I would think that if Donald Trump was not in the White House. And if in a couple of months he's not in the White House, well, we can reassess at that point. But right now today, I think we're in good shape. Thank you for your call, my brother. Uh, let's squeeze in one more if we can. Let's go to... Mo, Mo and Rockaway, what's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, Rich, how you doing? Good. What's up, man? Um, I just want to say I am actually a registered Democrat in New York, but I am extremely conservative. You know, in New York, you got to register as a Democrat if you want to vote for primaries, etc. But I really am hopeful. You know, my I come from a community that has very conservative beliefs and if you I don't know if you saw Suffolk County and Nassau County actually flipped for our great president. Yeah, it turned red. Um, I'm really hope right? I'm really hopeful that that that, Mr., that Donald Trump could pull this off. I'm just really the, the thing that scares me is that I follow a lot of different media media outlets and you have they don't they don't really cover the the great rally that we had yesterday well, but then when Antifa attacks families at night, they don't they don't bring that up. How is it possible in America with the media that we have, they will not 
mention that we had a peaceful protest, but then Antifa attacks American families at night. It's sickening. I don't understand it. Uh, you know, I, I, I agree with you, Mo. I, I don't disagree. Uh, I will say that I, I'm not old enough to remember a time when the media was fair. I've never seen the media be fair. I've always seen the media pick and choose the story that they want to tell. It's only gotten worse, granted. But I've never really seen them really covering a ton of feel-good stories unless it was like a News 12 or something very hyper-local with, with one human interest story at the end of the program because if it bleeds, it leads. And that's always been the case. Sex sells. You know, I mean, the more outlandish, salacious, sensational it is, this is what people tend to gravitate towards. So, I mean, that's just how it's become. And in the world of the internet, it's clickbait. They use all sorts of things, crazy images. I mean, I see this every day. So I, I agree with you that things are a little bit out of the, the norm. But I don't think that we ever – I don't – I'm not old enough to remember a time where things were fair. And, and this is unfortunate. But everything is everything. We have to, as a people, I think, hold institutions accountable. And I've talked about this before, but something I've learned is sometimes you got to beat the drum a lot and talk about it again. And that is, if we want to see a change in something, we've got to get involved in that something. If you don't like the way talk radio is, then you need to get into talk radio. If you don't like the way TV is, you need to get into TV. You need to change things from the inside out. This is, I mean, clear example. You look at these big families in the Midwest. Go to Arkansas. You'll find families with a lot of kids. Why do they do that? They don't go to church. They are the church. Dad becomes the pastor. Mom becomes the, the choir director. The kid is, you know, each of those kids becomes the parishioners and it's done. Uh, you see that in Orthodox Jew communities. You see the Muslims do it. Many people that want to hold on to tradition, they get involved very intrinsically. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. We cannot survive where every single person is a radical leftist in a newsroom and none of us have ever tried to get into a newsroom, compete against a newsroom, create a competing newsroom, go to college and change our career to, to get into that line of work. If we don't do those things and taking back the colleges, we can't think of no. The culture of no is what gets us into trouble. We need to figure out how we can succeed. And in my opinion, the way we do that is by no longer minding our business. It's not about civil war. It's about getting into it. You have to get into stuff because if you don't get into it, you're done. I always end my podcasts with a refrain saying, if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. 
And I'll get into that more in a little bit. But keep it locked right here. When we come back, we have a special guest that's going to give us an update on what's going on in the Million Mega March. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC New York. Long Island's news and talk station is 1071 and 77 WABC. We are New York, talking about what matters to you on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, it's Rich Valdez. The call screen, who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. All right, New York, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. Our telephone number, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And so we were just talking about a whole lot of everything and talking about coming together, coming together, healing, all of that fun stuff. And what I find interesting is that I do believe that we, I don't think we're singing Kumbaya. Clearly, we hate Socialism. Clearly, so many of us hate communism, but I don't think that we are commingling every day with socialists and communists, although they're out there. So I find it interesting that when we have a million MAGA march and we ascend on Washington, D.C., isn't it fascinating that there are, are no burnt buildings, there's no looting, there's no mayhem? Because that's not what the Trump people are about. When you go, you see black guys and Jewish guys and Puerto Rican guys, and you see everybody coming together in the name of America to make America great again. And with that being said, I want to bring somebody on the line. He's the uh, New York State co-chair of the Trump Victory Committee, and he's also the CEO of AMWPR. Adam Weiss wrote a really good uh, op-ed in townhall.com. I want you to check it out. The title is Dear Media, Give Us a Break About Healing and Coming Together. It's not happening. And I want to welcome to, to the program Adam Weiss. How are you, sir? Richard, thanks for having me. Hi. How are you? You bet, brother. So uh, I was not there. Obviously, I was here in New York City doing what we do here, and you were on the ground. So give us a scoop. What was it like during the day before the mayhem broke out at night? It seemed very peaceful. I saw the president do a drive-by. Give us the play-by-play. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, the fact that we decided, like, the night before me and my colleague to go down, and, you know, I heard the whispers, but you really didn't hear much of it in the news. Mm-hmm. But through the eco chambers of social media, I heard about the Million Match, Million MAGA March, and then I believe Facebook banned the pages. So wow. we said, you know, we're going to go down there and celebrate the day. One of the stops along the way in Maryland, we got out, we were going to get us a uh, coffee, and there was a couple of young girls that were there getting a coffee, and they were had the MAGA wear on. I said, you're heading to the marshes? Yeah, we got four buses outside. Wow. Like four buses outside. I looked at this. Four buses coming from somewhere deep in Pennsylvania. Excellent. So we finally made it. We had a park. Because the mayor, I think the mayor did this on purpose. She closed every street within the half a mile of the possible start of the marsh and the mix of the marsh. So you couldn't get anywhere near. So we had a park in the garage. We walked over to Freedom Plaza. And there were thousands upon thousands of flag-waving, cheering, singing, warm people that just were celebrating the country, celebrating Donald Trump, celebrating, you know, what he's done over the last four years, and feel like they've been robbed and feel like this is unjust. And But in the way of doing it peacefully and celebrating our country in a peaceful way, even as bad as they feel they've been robbed, they're still singing, chanting, smiling, and celebrating America. 
but they just want some kind of fairness. That's it. People want. And they feel like this this election has not been fair from what they've seen at night and what they've seen the night of the election starting at three in the morning when everybody thought, well, we're going to sleep and Trump's winning. And everybody woke up the next day and said, what? Yeah. And all the stories they've seen. So, exactly. How did that happen? All right. So we're on with the New York State chair, the co-chair of the Trump Victory Committee, uh, CEO Adam Weiss from AMW Public Relations. Now, Adam Weiss, something that I often talk about, and you just mentioned it, but I I just want to put a nail in it because I think it's so important is when you are – and I've been at a bunch of these uh, where whether it's CPAC where the president's speaking or other events where Trump is there and he – People like to say he's divisive, he's this and he's that. But I got to tell you, I've hung around people that look like me, people that don't look like me, the absolute opposite of me. And all you hear and see and feel is unity. It Literally, everybody's kind of rallying around the country, rallying around the president. And I find it so odd that the media, I mean, I understand why and how they do what they do. And it's malicious in its nature. But the bottom line to me is it's just so far-fetched to say that it's a divisive uh, or divisive bunch where that just doesn't seem to be the case. Clients, the African-Americans, the two or three of the three this cycle, a couple of one running for Congress out in L.A. Another one, Terrence Williams, is a fabulous on Twitter, social media. Oh, the comedian, came out with sure. It, came, came a great book, a client of ours. Nothing but big supporters of Trump don't have a – Love the president. And when we were in Washington yesterday, there were hundreds upon hundreds of African-Americans for Trump, Hispanic-Americans for Trump, or women for Trump, all over the place. And the divisiveness that the media has caused leads to what happened late at night. And you won't see – you won't hear it from the media. You won't hear from CNN. You won't hear from NBC. You won't hear from CBS. You won't hear from Daily Beast that Antifa and BLM showed up and literally beat up some older – you know, Trump supporters beat up some couples. You can find it if you go to Twitter, and that's probably the – or even who knows if they erased it by now just to show what devils mm-hmm. they are, Antifa. But this is what happened. They waited to about 6.30 when it started getting dark. They came out. But I kind of caused this violence and divisiveness. A lot of it has to be put on the hands of the media because mm-hmm. they've said for four years, four years, how divisive Trump is, how divisive the supporters are. We're looking at one reality – and their chance in the eco chamber of the national media, and let's face it, they do have power because if they're telling people who are watching millions of people every day, yes, Trump is evil, Trump is racist, Trump is misogynist, people start to believe it because people, if that's all they're watching and that's all the lens they see through, what are they going to believe? They're getting hit over so the head every day with that violence. same message. And, and if somebody got killed last night and was on the conservative side, the MAGA side, do you think it would be on the front page of the New York Times? <laughs> right. Absolutely. This is what they would do. No, they would it wouldn't. With that. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Probably. Well, yeah. Well, they would do anything to cover their side. But if we did it, oh gosh, yeah, it would be and the, I would, the story. Just of the day. as I was leaving, because we were going to drive back about six thirty, I would say they they came. There was about three hundred of them, and they drove by me and my friend. I have any, and I didn't have any Trump wear, but they were bad looking people. I right? all black, and they had sticks on, and they were just ready to go. But early in the day, there were hundreds. I would say there was anywhere three hundred. I, my guess is about three to three hundred to five hundred thousand supporters of Trump that came to Washington. That's terrific. So now, Adam Weiss, I guess final question for you that I want to get to is obviously you're an expert in the media as a public relations professional. Uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts on the role that the media played in 
setting this thing up to look like Trump is trying to steal the election when, in fact, he's just exercising due process and disputing the results of an election? Yeah, we had 36 days or 34 days without when Al Gore in 2000. Some of the audience might be too young, but I remember in 2001, we had 34,000. We got lectures every day from the media. Every vote needs to be counted. <laughs> every vote needs to be counted. We need a fair fountain in Florida. That we were sitting down there for 30 votes counting chats, little be little nooks and crannies of a ballot hanging off that they wanted to count because they, the the media has been biased for since I my whole lifetime. So they wanted back then they wanted Gore to be Bush. So now we can't wait. We can't wait. We have to cheerlead. We have to heal. Wait, we have to heal. We've be, they've beaten the the lights out of Trump people and supporters for 40 years. Now, all of a sudden, they want to heal. So they're hypocrites, right? They just, we can't wait a few months to see if things were stolen, things were illegitimate, things were some fraud there. You know, something fishy to me when we're waiting by 700,000 votes in Pennsylvania and vans start pulling up at 4 or 5 in the morning. I think you're 100%. I mean, that's just like, that sounds like mob tactics that are, you know, deep in the 80s in New York City. Straight out of Chicago and Mayor Daly. Yeah, Adam Weiss, thank you for the update. That's the New York State co-chair of the Trump Victory Committee. Adam, tell everybody how they can find you. You can find me at www.amwpr, or, you know, that's our website or accounts at AMWPR. Thanks for the plug, Rich, and uh, thanks for having me on. You got it, brother. Thank you, Adam Weiss. Now, we're going to get to your calls, 800-848-9222, Uh, I'm going to squeeze in one or two calls before we get into our next topic. Let's go to Kathy, line five. Kathy, what's going on? Yeah, hey, Rich. How are you? Great. Thank you. Good, good. Um, See, a lot of the House members, they lost their seats, and they've been super angry with Nancy Pelosi because it sounds like she guaranteed them wins. And how else could she have guaranteed wins if not from something being a little crooked? Right. Well, that's, um, that's a good right? point that you bring up. It's an excellent and, point that you bring up, because yeah. I think one thing that we have to focus on is, A, of course, I mean, that could be part of it. The other part of it is this is what politicians do, right? They promise you the world, whether they can make good on these promises or not, is always a different story. But I appreciate your call, Kathy. Uh, let's go to Melanie in Summit, New Jersey. Melanie, you were at the march yesterday. What was it like for you? Uh, Hi, Rich. Thank you so much. Um, So yesterday we got there early in the morning. We really weren't sure if we were going to head out. And around 5 a.m. we got up and we're like, you know what, let's make this trip. Um, So we went out to D.C. We stayed at the the Trump Hotel. And like Adam said, they blocked off, I think, within like five block radius of where the march was going to be. So we couldn't even pull straight in and, and make sure that our car was secured in the hotel lot we had to park a few blocks away we had to go with our luggage and and everything and walk to the hotel which we were honestly concerned about because you know you see everything you're you're looking on twitter you're kind of you're trying to see what yeah what what's what's going to happen today you know you you see all of these things on twitter for every other event where um, you haven't. Yeah, you see the violence. You see all sorts they, of things happening. Yeah, did violent. you witness any violence while you were there? So we did not, but we actually met one of the women that um, her video actually went viral. The woman where her hat was stolen and um, she was punched in the head. Oh, Earlier that day when we were at the hotel, we met her and she had asked us to take a picture of her. So she was I attacked did. earlier yeah. in the day, not after six o'clock. She was attacked kind of a. a 
right at the cusp of the end of the night when everyone started to head home, everyone started to go out to dinner or head back to the hotels. And at that point, you know, the majority of the crowd had left. And what was your take on the unity? Did you feel like it was a united crowd? Were the Trump supporters vicious and foaming at the mouth, ready to go after somebody? Or were they there to express unity? What was your take? No, absolutely not. They were there to express unity. We had several conversations with different groups. And a lot of the men and women were actually throughout the day saying that if if there were Antifa, if there were BLM groups or any of the protesters that were going to try to start any any trouble that they were just going to ignore that was everyone and that's sometimes the best the thing you can do is ignore them so i do definitely appreciate your call we're going to hit a break because that's how this talk radio business works <laughs> i am rich valdez thank you melanie we appreciate your call 1-800-848-9222 you're listening to talk radio 77 wabc this is america we are New York on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now it's Rich Valdez. All right, yeah, that's our DJ Bruce Carmona. Get loose, Bruce, on the one and two. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all the social media. And again, I am the host of the This Is America podcast, which you can get anywhere you like. That's, I mean, it's pretty much available anywhere. And quick plug on the podcast we uh, have been in the top 200. And not only in the United States, but in like three or four other countries for the last several months. So kudos to all of you, the listeners that take the time to download it and listen to it. I want to encourage you to listen to this week in particular, the last one we did. It It's a recounting of a story where mail-in ballots were used to sway the 1864 election against President Abraham Lincoln. And what's interesting here is it was a kind of a military operation of rogue generals and others that were using the ballots of dead soldiers from the Civil War, using their names and forged signatures to send those ballots in to try and get rid of Lincoln. And I thought, my goodness, the Democrats have been at this for a long time. And I'm not just throwing the Democrats under the bus. They really were Democrats. It was actually the former governor of New Jersey who was in in politics who was doing this, running for president, uh, George McClellan. So check that out. I think you're going to enjoy it. And of course, our telephone number is 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Now, we talked a little bit about AOC before, and I want to get back to that. But I want to just put a pin in my thoughts with respect to how former United States attorney and DAG Rudy Giuliani, well-regarded lawyers like Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood, have instantly uh, lost credibility in the eyes of the media because of their association with the Trump campaign, because the media has been regurgitating this whole concept that orange man is bad. But I've got to tell you, I don't think, you know, someone like Sidney Powell, someone like Lynn Wood, and especially somebody like Mayor Giuliani, who put the mob away, who who took on FARC and so many other things that he's done in his career, instantly lose credibility just because somebody said so, or because Borat wanted to parade around in, in his bra and panties, you know, and the mayor caught him. And good for him. So I don't think that that's actually a thing. And I think you're you're drinking the Kool-Aid if you fall for that mess because it shows that you're not thinking critically. But with that being said, they've brought very credible allegations with several postal employees that are on the record, poll watchers, ballot counters, 
And uh, some of this are the people from Project Veritas that released some videos of a United States Postal Service worker who did a video interview and then Washington Post said, oh, the so-called whistleblower recanted and took his story back. False. Never happened. He did two more videos to double down saying, no, I never did that. So, of course, he's going to end up in court somewhere. He's spoken with federal investigators. I mean, the wheels are moving. They just, they move slowly. And we have to be patient. All that being said, having worked in the world of politics and media, I understand both from the behind the scenes perspective and what everybody else sees. I realize how challenging it can be to bring a case like this that's lawful and factual when your opposition controls judicial appointments on multiple courts. And I've personally gone through this with other things, not ballot fraud, but just if you have an issue before a body, whether it's a legislative body, judicial body, and a political rival has control there or sway or influence, you're screwed. And that's just a thing. So I'm totally in favor of due process. And I was having an interesting back and forth with a minister buddy of mine, and I invited him to call the show, but he didn't. And I wish he would have. And he was saying how he's not necessarily opposed to due process and he thinks the president should have his, you know, his day in court. And I was happy to hear that. But he constantly goes out of his way to put comments under my posts to try and say that uh, I'm somehow foolish or naive because I believe that we should give President Trump this time to count these votes. So I just think that's it's very stupid, um, not of him, just in general. For people to take that position. I think that couldn't be uh, more wrong than it actually is. And this is how the Democrats always work. Historically, they've always downplayed everything. They call illegal aliens undocumented immigrants. And they call Antifa and BLM rioters mostly peaceful protesters. When they're knocking people down to the ground. I mean, it's absolute insanity. Now they want to downplay the impact of a legal challenge on an election. And this isn't the first time. You know, whether it was the issue with Rutherford B. Hayes with Congress or, like I said, I'll say till I'm blue in the face, the year 2000, Al Gore, 37 days before finally uh, conceding this election of 2000. So it's not about comparing everything historically, but if we have precedent, we should use that precedent. And I think that's the bottom line. But. One thing I wanted to share with you, and if I could squeeze it in a couple of minutes, and I know we've got Paul and Jimmy and Andy and Andrew on the line. I'm going to try and get to you, but there's a few things i got to finish before we go to that. When I was 26, I ran for the state assembly in the state of New Jersey. And I ran against a guy who was the public safety director, a state assemblyman, and the mayor of a city. So I'm used to these politics because in Hudson County, New Jersey – It's very common for Democrats in power to give out a lot of these political jobs to their political allies. And and this is how – and I'm not talking about just political appointments. I'm talking about, you know, they use public funds to build a loyal fan base in effect. And they use that power over them to insist very strongly that they support their reelection campaign, telling every garbage man that works in the city, every meter maid, cop, firefighter, that they've got to buy a table at their next political fundraiser. These are the people that are doing the ballot counting. These are the people that are out there working for the Democrats. And this is this is a game changer because they changed these people's lives 
Think about so many people that may live in some of these urban areas that would struggle to make $40,000 a year to take care of their family, to take care of their, their spouse, their spouse's mom or dad. And then you've got other people who are making 75000 doing the same exact thing. And then they get their family into the Section 8 housing or the old folks' home. This is a, There's generations of this going on. And we've got to really, really stay focused and not lose sight of things. If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. I am Rich Valdez. Up next, it's Lydia Serrani. Keep it locked right here. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. 